Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Good morning, Outlaws. Happy Monday. It's February 27th, and today is the day uh, that's Chris's birthday, and he died 13 years ago at the age of 29. But he would have turned 42 today, and it just gets stranger celebrating the birthday of your deceased partner. But I will continue to do it, and I write him a poem every year. And I just came back from being in Roberts Creek with my sisters. It's also my sister's birthday today, and I spent some time by the sea. And so I'm going to actually read you the poem that emerged this morning that was drawn from the experience of being on the shoreline and thinking about Chris. It's called Over the Post-Snow Ocean. Over the post-snow ocean, the sounds of gulls circulate as waves rich with cold reach the apex of the stone. This is your birthday poem, though it becomes stranger to celebrate your aging as the vast time widens between youth, death, and encroaching old. You don't go on in the ways we know, but you were, as those individual crystals are, just here and then, inside the salt, becoming part and fast of all the world's water, indistinguishable and yet memoried, by those for now watchers on this February shore. So it's wonderful today that the entrances is from Steve Noyes, who actually met Chris. I first encountered Steve actually online on a Facebook group that I'd created uh, where we were uh, focused on discussing poetry, you know, go figure. And I realized that he was you know, more than capable of talking about poetry at depth and was just fascinating and edgy and engaged and deeply intelligent. And um, I invited him to come and perform uh, at my series 44th Avenue Troubadour in Edmonton. And he and his um, wife, Catherine Greenwood, who is a spectacular poet as well, uh, we're living in Victoria, and they came out, and Steve read at my series, and I got to recite a poem with him, and it was around Halloween, which was mine and Chris's anniversary, and that day we played our last show with our band Helgrind at the Rendezvous Pub in Edmonton, and Steve and Catherine came, and uh, Catherine even dressed up as a Pierrot, and... Uh, you know, there, Steve is just, and so is Catherine, open to all these uh, amazing life experiences, you know, deeply, widely minded. And then after that, I and mean, we, we continued our conversation and our engagement, and we, we shared poems and critiqued each other. And then I would come out on my tours to Victoria to read at Planet Earth Poetry, and I would uh, stay at their place, their marvelous home they no longer have in Victoria, which uh, had this terrific little cozy 
old-fashioned bedroom that reminded me of sleeping at my grandmother's, my nana's. I'd stay there, and they had this, you know, horrendously um, characterful cat uh, that we called, well, her name was Prudence, but I called her the Vicious Pillow. She was one of those cats that likes to attack you every time you walk by her. But uh, yeah, she had her own uh, unique flavor. I remember one time we were having a conversation in the living room and Prudence decided that we weren't paying her enough attention. So she just started um, flipping around this, this plant, this potted palm, I believe it was, until she knocked it over behind us. Uh, yeah, she was, uh, she was one of a kind. And then at uh, some point, well, they had a series called Behind the Red Door because their front door was red. And I did my launch from Troberides there in 2012. Wow, so long ago. Um, and then uh, they moved to England and Steve started doing his doctorate there. And uh, Catherine was doing her degree there, doctorate possibly too I can't remember it's hard to keep track and they're both writing novels and um, I came out to visit them when I was on a trip to England with my parents back in 2016 and I I came out to Kent I believe they were still there and spent the night there and as always marvelous conversation they're just they're just a wonderful couple, and Steve is, you know, a spectacular mind. And also, you know, I remember after Chris died, him walking with me in Victoria and him being full of empathy and being worried that I was going to, you know, self-harm, and he was just such a gentle, generous presence. So, yes, Steve Noyes, uh, you're going to hear from him now. I'll read you his little bio, and then he's only got a short talk and a somewhat longer poem. So Steve Noyes has published six collections of poetry and two novels. His long poem, The Conveyor, will come out with the Alfred Gustav Press in Vancouver in 2023. Steve is originally from Winnipeg, but has lived most of this adult life on Vancouver Island. He has a PhD from the University of Kent and is now living in Sheffield, Yorkshire. And I am truly hoping, I think they've hinted at, that they're both going to be coming back to Canada this year or next. So... I miss them much, and I hope they do. So his talk is about how he started writing poetry at around 20 and how he was influenced by Purdy and New Love, but had a wide range of influences, including the Arabic of the Quran. Uh, Steve is adept at many languages. He recites a passage in Arabic, which is utterly enchanting. Uh, he believes languages are crucial vantage points. Learning any other language is essential for a poet. He writes a lot of fiction, but when he returns to poetry, he considers it a fever and aims to create poems as unbroken utterances with pressured line breaks. And then he concludes by reading a poem called Late Stages. So please enjoy the amazing Steve Noyes. <laughs> Thanks for asking me to talk about my poetry. I started writing poetry when I was 20, heavily influenced, as many were, by the poems of Al Purdy and John Newlove. Newlove captured much about the prairies, where I'm from, 
and I found Purdy's artful combination of high and low rhetoric attractive. I began in imitation and fumbled towards my own way. It took me a while to diminish these early influences, just as it took me a while to give up trying to write prose like Don DeLillo. Other poets that have influenced me are John Donne, Philip Larkin, Sylvia Plath, Ezra Pound, Wislawa Samborska, Robert Frost, and some of the ancient Chinese poets. I'm purposely not mentioning many contemporary Canadian poets, but there are a lot of very good ones. The influence that's most obvious to me, however, but not to others, and is hard to talk about in English, is the Arabic of the Quran. It has a perfect melding of sound and sense. Here, Allah addresses the Prophet. In English, it sounds mundane. Have we not expanded your chest and removed the burden which made your back ache and made others think highly of you? However, here's the Arabic. Alam nashrah laka sot raka, wa wa da'anka anka wizraka, aladi qada varaka, wa rafa'ana laka dikraka. So, cadence and rhyme, succinct imagery. Of course, the words form different patterns than in English, and I found this helpful just as having any other language is useful for a poet. It is a vantage point from which to observe your own language. When rewriting a poem, I think, how can I say this in a different pattern? Because I spend a lot of time writing fiction, I go away from poetry for long periods, and poetry is something that I do, not something that I think about a lot. A poem comes over me like a fever and I tried to bring it into a more or less final form fairly quickly, no more than a few days. I don't want my poems to look like poems. Often my poems are without stanza breaks, a single unbroken utterance. This, of course, puts pressure on the line breaks. I tried to make a poem cohere through its sounds, through its internal mirrors and stepladders. I tried to work with a complicated Spencerian stanza in my long poem, The Conveyor, and I failed, but nonetheless came up with something more formal than usual. It's coming out this year as a checkbook. I usually don't write poems about what is in the newspapers, but in the following poem, I had a go at it. In case you have forgotten, Meng Wanzhou was the Chinese CEO who was under house and arrest in Canada for a while. The poem is called Late Stages. Late Stages. We saw the dust first on our way back from Dumas. A percussive cloud, wump, towers at first, but settles fast in a cyclonic rasp of grit across the asphalt. Two blocks away, we knew our house was gone. It was a waist-high shell. We started out for an uncle's, but were turned back at a checkpoint. So, when night came, we huddled 
in another jagged shell, a shape that I'm afraid has become interior. We had to leave. All night, jeeps roared past. They were shooting rounds at store windows for fun. We began to roam, a string of tented camps. We comforted the elderly by saying it was a law's will. Maybe better we left, for in a few years there will be no more water. It was water we craved, jouncing through the desert. The irritating tedium of places you once thought it would be interesting to visit. In arbitrary stages, we were brought to the central sea that lapped at many abundant countries, huddled in a shell, embarracooned, adrift, hearts set on the horizon. It's strange to be here. There is so much space between people. I have learned new words like gated and driveway. In our new home, the TV is always on. There are always bombs, shootings, infuriated crowds, and mayhem where we are from. I saw Meng Wanzhou stride smartly out of some courthouse, flanked by her people in crisp suits, herself swinging hips in a royal blue sheath of couture. Wallahi, she was beautiful, though I suppose she thinks, behind her confident poise, of places she'd rather be. Her people, her people smartly leap from curb to car to open the door from her. Lady Mung, behind tinted windows, pulling away towards some complicated deal on the horizon. I see cars jamming a hazy highway because they had to get out before the asphalt and their tires melted. When they return, they pick their way among smoldering stumps and half-charred furniture. I see a man rest a possessive arm heavily on his pickup, all he has left. New feelings steal up on me, a nostalgic flush of fear. I want to say to them, you will survive, but there will be an odd-shaped hole left in your ability to care. Anyway, you know those plastic chairs outside motel rooms that no one sits on? Gray-haired people are sitting on them now with nothing to do but watch the smoke. Sweaty, their eyes and noses running. I want to sit with them, share their horizon. Thank you very much for listening to me. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians.